laurenruthmartin.com slash social. You can get on the nine to kind wait list. You can download the boring self-care checklist. Also buy some merch. You know, you want a cute mug, laurenruthmartin.com slash social. This is the nine to kind podcast with Lauren Ruth Martin, quick hits of self-compassion, motivation, practical skills, all the things to get ahead of burnout and really tackle that perfectionism. How many times over the past week have you allowed guilt to be a significant determining factor in a decision and a boundary and whatever you're doing? If you're a people pleaser, I'm sure that guilt or the anticipation of guilt or shame played a bigger role in your decision making than you've even realized. Guilt and shame as influences in our decision making, it's basically ingrained in people pleasers. Because when it comes to people pleasing, this could also be said about codependency, codependency, people pleasing, somewhat the same thing. But as we are, as we look at what keeps us safe, when the world is quote, okay, for a people pleaser, that means that they can be okay, and that they are safe. That is their form of protection. And guilt and shame are indicators that the way that we, that people pleasers made that decision was something that went against their perceived, their perception of safety. So when we think about guilt and how that goes with boundaries, uh, hello, they are like, they are frenemies. They are constantly coexisting. And for many people, the reason that boundaries aren't often implemented are because of the anticipated guilt and shame. So quick little lesson, the difference between guilt and shame, guilt is the internal experience of, you know, feeling like guilt is the experience of guilt, but like that um, remorse. So guilt is the internal feeling of that remorse. And it's something that only ourselves are cognizant of. Shame is when we're experiencing that remorse, but we know that somebody else has seen it. Prime example of this, a long time ago when I was an undergrad, I was running or I was walking fast in the rain and I slipped and fell on my butt. Somehow there was nobody else in my line of sight that saw this, but I was extremely embarrassed and embarrassment and remorseful, self-conscious. Those can all sort of be interchanged. (laughs) So when I fell, nobody else saw that. And so what I experienced was, was guilt. Now, if there would have been somebody else that I saw that saw me fall, then that would be shame because shame is when we are aware that somebody else knows that we are feeling that self-conscious emotion. Um, and the reason that that's important is because guilt can feel like a precursor to shame. Um, but guilt is such an internal experience that is primarily driven by our own narrative. So guilt is like the internal, like the internal narratives going So even if we begin to anticipate those outside of us having judgment on us, seeing us in our vulnerable states, then that's where shame comes into play. Um, So if we go back to that scenario of um, me slipping and falling, 
there's a chance that what I experienced could have also been shame because I was anticipating that somebody else on campus saw me fall. So that's how we can break that down. But when we think about how this plays into boundaries, there are so many factors that influence our comfort level, our abilities with setting boundaries. I really want to focus on guilt, though, because it's something that I've seen as a very common barrier to working on ourselves or to implementing the changes that need to happen. So implementing boundaries, implementing self-care, implementing the need for support. Um, it all goes back to boundaries and boundaries and guilt. Like I said, they coexist. It um, And maybe it's more so shame because it's involving somebody else. That again, guilt internal. Sorry, talking this out. So let's just talk about the role of guilt and shame and boundaries. Let's circle that back around. So when we are thinking about setting a boundary and we're anticipating that other person's response not being ideal, that is like anticipatory shame. But if when we're thinking about setting a boundary, if it's going against our own beliefs, then what we're looking at is guilt. So we do have to examine what part of setting boundaries goes against the personal sort of um, expectations that I've set for myself. You know, do I have the expectation that others always come first? Or do I have the expectation that I will never be selfish? You know, where does that come into play or that I'm always reliable? A lot of that goes into what keeps our perfectionism and our people pleasing going are those expectations that do get reinforced. You know, if I continue to overextend, then I'll get that bonus or um, I will, people won't see me as a slacker. Like we all have those protective things that we do that are involved with our overextending of boundaries. And if we think about shame, you know, and how shame, and I've talked about shame a lot on here, but in RODBT, we talk about how shame is a disconnector. So shame ultimately meant being like disowned by your tribe, like way back in the day. And so when we think about boundaries and oftentimes what we're doing with others are starting to put up parameters around our energy and our accessibility it may be triggering shame because what we are doing is creating space from our tribe, from our people, from our community and those around us. But what we don't realize is that that space that we create is so much more energy and relational preserving. Our relationships need space. We need space to grow. We need space to evolve. We need space to just exist. And when we don't have those boundaries, that's where resentment comes into play. And if we don't address that resentment in the moment, it, it's just going to evolve into bitterness. And so boundaries are the first step towards reducing bitterness in our lives. So I'm going to repeat that again. Boundaries are the first step to reducing bitterness in our lives. And oftentimes, if we really reflect that bitterness and that resentment that we experience is because we let guilt or the anticipation of shame become the sole determining factor in our decision making. And I bring that up to y'all because we need to acknowledge just how powerful and influential that feeling of shame can be. And when we begin gauging 
if that shame is warranted or unwarranted. And all this, if you think, um, if you go to Radically Open DBT, it's lesson eight, it's the sage skill. When we begin assessing and really questioning with humility, so self-inquiry, the presence of guilt, and we begin looking at it with curiosity and healthy questioning, we're going to realize those patterns that we engage in that involve, that lead to our resentments. And all this goes back to that idea of how do we prioritize? Where do we take risks? And I think a really good first question is like, where do I feel the most guilt when I do set my boundary? Where do I, where am I beginning to feel the most resentment? And that's beginning to unpack what's happening around there. Because those boundaries that we aren't setting up, if they aren't set now, they're going to be set after the fact. And those boundaries are the hardest to set. And they are the biggest mess to clean up. And now this is solely, this is not solely from personal experience, but this is something that I have personally experienced a lot of being flexible on the front end and then setting the boundary late and it causing ruptures. Um, this is something that's happened personally, professionally. Um, it's just never, it, it until recently, it's, it's not been my strong suit. And that's because I had a lot of core beliefs around serving others and everything. And so all of this to say, and, you know, I have a lot of content around setting boundaries. And if we want more on that, like for sure, I can make that happen. But really, I really want y'all to like look back on and examine this week is where's the resentment budding? Where can boundaries begin to be established now? And where can I start challenging my guilt? Because when we stop having guilt being, when we stop having guilt as our determining factor for decision making and go back to values, then we're going to have more confidence in setting that boundary. You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Also, make sure you are on my weekly newsletter. Hop to laurenruthmartin.com. Have the week you're going to have.